we can kind of hear you, but we're gonna have to hear you because we're going live. Hey, everybody, this is Bam Talk. We're executing this. It's going. Go time. Go time hey, now. Oh hey. Jesus! I'm Yo. on Skype. What is this? This should be fun. Plus, it's Google Plus. <laughs> Hold on to your butts, everybody. We're starting to show. Um, today on Babe Talk, we have Matt on, on a weird night. It's Friday night. How's everybody doing? It is Matt from A Will Away. Hey. Everyone say hi to Matt. So, hi, Matt. How you doing? What's going on? So, yeah. We have newcomer Craig, who just started writing for Babe Talk. It's going to be very exciting. This is his first panelist episode. What's up? We got this James Dean looking motherfucker. James has been my right hand <laughs> oh, man for a little bit. How long did it take you to get your hair like that? Uh, three months. Three months. Okay. Like three months of like Log three months. Or... Three months of like trial and error. If you saw my hair before I like got it to this, you'll know what I'm talking about. It was a little of a struggle, but hey, you know, when 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 you white with short short hair, life always just like you know smiles upon you. Yeah, because like if people didn't know, I used to have a buzz cut before this, and then I was just like, hey, I'm gonna fuck up my entire life. We'll always remember that there's someone out there that has a rat tail. My name's Ali, and we saw the show by... <laughs> like your co-worker. I don't understand it. And, like, I haven't seen the back of Matt's head, but, like, I'm assuming that it's not, like, a rat tail, so I hope I'm not bending Yeah, it's pretty long. Right, well, see, that's like, that, that's like a ponytail. That's yeah. Not like... It's not like a stupid man bun. I hate those. Those annoy the man them. buns are interesting. I think They're... I'm more upset that I can't grow a man bun. <laughs> I can never pull it off ever, like ever. I can't pull many things off, and that man bun, man bun is one of those. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if if, if, we, if I were to ever do a man bun, it would just be like one big afro, and like it'd be kind of hard for me to like. Yeah. Either I look like a proud family character. Oh my god. All but right. so we start off this. We start off the episodes by asking everybody how their day was, and today we're gonna to start with our guest of honor, Matt. My day, uh, my day was pretty good. I I sat around and played Ultra Street Fighter Four on my computer. That was fun. Uh, and then I ate some eggplant parm, and now I'm doing the babe talk thing, so it's not so bad. Nice. Yeah, nice. Now, do you play all your games on PC? Like, are you a PC gamer? Uh, a bit. I mean, I, I actually, you know, I'm super into, like, old games, too. So, like, I have a Dreamcast that I really, really love, and I play the shit out of that. Got an old Xbox and a PS2 and stuff, and uh, and for, like, modern games and stuff, I play on PC quite a bit. It's 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 just better. Very nice. Yeah, I mean, like, the PCs, if you build your rig pro properly, yeah. not like I have, but if you build them pro properly, they can be, like, some powerhouses. Yeah, for now, sure. Because I love the Dreamcast games, I must ask, what's in your Dreamcast library? Oh, man. Uh, God, do I gotta go grab it? Um, dude, I've got, I've got, you know, Jet Set Radio. Oh, uh, that was the best one. Skies of Arcadia. Oh, yeah, uh, I think I've got, like, NBA 2K2. Um, they made that for Dreamcast? That's kind of cool. Virtua Tennis. Virtua, Virtua Tennis, there was, tennis. oh man. And then there was, um, and they had an NFL game for a while that wasn't put out by like EA or, or anyone. Yeah, I don't cool remember what it was. Right but they had a bunch of like Sega Sports Soccer and like Sega, Sega Sports, Sports yeah. games. Yeah. And if I you got, got it, um, Sonic. 
Yes, Sonic. Yeah, um, if you guys want to feel old, I was like three or four when the Dreamcast was oh, a thing. Oh, really? <laughs> Did you have to do that? Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm 21, so I'm kind of there with James. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm... Sega. Sega, man. It was uh, one of the best consoles that got overlooked because Sony was just like, Oh, so you want to do something? Well, no, we're going to release a PS2, and then you just go <laughs> Yep. <laughs> I wish I had my PS2. Star Wars Battlefront, the best game. Star Wars Battlefront 1 and 2. You can't beat those. Damn, um, I cannot oh, wait for that game to come out. It looks so good. It actually might, it's going to be that, and Batman Arkham Knight will be the only reasons why I actually buy an Xbox One. Yes. Cause battle, cause battle that field, and Halo, I mean, the Halo, whatever the heck, the Halo trilogy thing. What is that? The Halo expansion thing? I don't know what it's called. Yeah. The, proper the Master name. Chief Collection? I think that's the Master Chief yeah. Collection. Yeah. Yeah. That's, the, Which, that's I mean, one of like, the reasons I want an Xbox. Now, that's going to be hard because it's literally going to be like, what, like 120 hours worth of gameplay that's going to like, you know, that's that's a hell of a lot of gameplay because it's, it's, I'm pretty sure it's all the Halos, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's going to be It's, gonna be uh, it's all five. Craig. Craig. Yeah. Hey, how's it going? How's your day? Uh, pretty good. While, I while, went while, while we're talking with you. Well, you know, uh, I went back to my hometown today. That's why my family was in the background. We're uh, having my sister's graduation party this tomorrow, so that's why I was a little crazy and hustling bustling. Caterer came over. She brought some food, some chicken, pizza. It's really awesome. So. Nice. Now, where are you from? I actually have yet to have a proper conversation with you. Um, I'm from the suburbs of Cleveland, Ohio. So, Cleveland, Ohio area, that's me. I'm in a suburb nice. called North Olmstead. So, West Sider. There's a there's West Side versus East Side. Yeah, West Side, East Side. Everyone involved in the Cleveland scene is on the East Side. So, I can never find a ride to shows, and it's frustrating. It's because like you're in that neighborhood, or...? No, it's just more people live on the east side than the west side, so that's why. Oh, uh, okay, that, 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 that makes sense. How strong <laughs> is your scene out there? Uh, it's very strong. It's actually one of the most underrated scenes in the country. It, I really think it is. Because the bands are amazing, and we also have a really awesome booking company, Bravo Artists. They make shows like Spring Fling, Shout Shonen. out to Caitlin Drummond. Shout out to Caitlin Drummond. So, she yeah, it's for that. fantastic. Shout out to Raw Artists too. You guys are fucking awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Now that's that's pretty cool. Have you played at Mahal's oh, wait, in Cleveland, is... uh, yeah. Matt? Yeah. Sweet. You like Mahal's? Yeah, it's great. I think that was a Raw Artist show, wasn't it? Yeah, Bravo. Uh, they also did. Uh, we just did a show. Where was that? Oh God. Columbus. No. Yeah. Yeah. Columbus. It was a Double Happiness. Um, yeah. Because Raw Artists also has a thing in Columbus. So. Yeah, it's great. They're they're awesome. Sweet. You guys are like. Why do you have a good experience with them? What's up? Oh, oh glad I you had a good experience. Like... Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Same. James. Hi. Suppy. Not much. Um, I had. All right. So for like my first half of the day, I was at work. I worked a really shitty landscaping job, and I hate it. But I only have like four weeks left, so I can't quit. Um, sorry. And that was awful. But when I got home, um, me and my girl, Becca Genius, who um, runs Termly Trill, we are going to be yeah. booking a backyard show in my backyard Dude. in Long Island, New York. Um, it's going to be in conjunction with Dave Talk and Termly Trill. And it's going to be really fun, and I'm really excited to get everything worked out. 
Dude, that's awesome. Do you have like a backyard perfect for it? Do you have like a little like deck or yeah. something to put the bands on? Uh, we have like, there's like a grass area and then there's like a cement area. So it's just going to be kind of like a floor show. But okay. I'm throwing another Sick. show. That'll be my first show next week, and we'll see how that goes. But yeah, which I'm still sweet. trying to make my way out there. I don't know if that's <laughs> going to happen, but I'm still trying to just find my Try. way to Long Island. I, I will. Please. Well, I, well, I won't leave you alone, maybe. I got you. So, um, I, I, I ate big slices of pizza. Um, my boss went to go find pizza, and it was like. I want to say literally no exaggeration like this big. Jeez. Dude, that's she, she awesome. Was, I mean, it was it was interesting because she said, oh, we're going to go out for pizza. Ollie, do you want pizza? And I didn't bring because usually I keep like, I'm, I'm a weird kid. I keep like, I'm realizing that I'm not really cut out for an office job. <laughs> there will be adults that will have like papers and like staplers and folders inside their desk doors. I have ramen and like candy in mine. You're a college student. Holy shit. <laughs> I'm, I'm still a college student. Like I, I get salary, and I'm still like a college I, I student. Think I, I'm, I think I'm only allowed to buy ramen. Like I don't think I'm allowed to buy anything else. There's other things besides ramen. You can do it. I have faith. I, it's, it's, it's like making your own doctor's appointments. It's just like I'll starve. It's okay. Oh my god. Beautiful. But, so yes. Yeah. So that, so that was the most highlight of the day. Um. The upcoming stuff, if we want to do the quick babe talk stuff, because that's what I've been just been doing for the past, like, forever. Yeah. Um, we have Pines is going to be releasing a new album tomorrow. Um, it's going to be cool. We're going to release that at a time o'clock. I'm pretty sure it's going to be 12. Dude, that's awesome. Can't wait to hear it. Nice. We'll see. It's cool. We have clips up on the site right now. Um, we awesome. also have the compilation, which we're going to be dropping pre-order stuff for Solving the Puzzle. We will be giving out pre-order stuff, and I think album art will be dropping next week as well, and we're going to go back to our band announcements. Um, all this is subject to change because, <laughs> hey, what's going on, everybody? Because so, professionally, um, I'm professional. Because professionally, I'm professional. Guys, we're not a fucking website. <laughs> um, no, we're not. Speaking of video games, I saw some gameplay of this, and it was very interesting, and I wanted to see how you guys have reacted to this whole phase in life because this was actually like a full phase in life for me guitar hero live yeah i i it's, have my old guitar hero poster here somewhere i mean okay, <laughs> I, I i did i just want to make sure i wasn't a, a, a low loan here they're taking a whole new concept <laughs> with guitar hero it's gonna be awesome it looks interesting because they're they're doing it from a audience like, like a band member's perspective they're like doing like a Which whole is awesome. new yeah, so oh, dude! Matt, I was sawing, I was seeing this. the uh, the trailers for that or whatever. It looks so awesome. I just wish they could do our bands instead of like the stupid mainstream bands, you know? No, no. Architects is on it. Fucking. Architects. Beartooth is on it. Um. Bear dude, from the stage on Beartooth, that'd be sick. Uh, Stage Champs is on it. Apparently, from what I heard, Pierce the Veil is on it. They did get our bands. Yeah, yeah. Pierce Pier Pier the Veil. Rock was on. Um, rock Band the is rock the one that's story. going with the Rock Band is having the mainstream bands, and Guitar Hero is having like the metalcore and pop punk bands. Dude, yeah, thank like, God. I think, I think Paramore is, was well. Paramore was on. I think one of the old Guitar Heroes. Yeah. Yeah. But Matt, have you ever played Guitar Hero or Rock Band? Yeah, I got really, really into Guitar Hero when I was, like, uh, I want to say, like, 15. I, like, loved Guitar Hero. But, like, 
I uh, I loved Rock Band too because they had the really nice drums. But then like I don't know. At some point, tapping five buttons got really really stale, and it was like everybody dropped the trend all at the same time. Like I have no idea what happened. Yeah. Now that's actually very true. Everyone was just, just like, fuck it, we're just not gonna Yeah, it's crazy. Like, everybody's like, yeah, no, that game's not cool anymore. But yeah, it's, even it's though it still fun. is. But it's so it hurt fun. my soul when I traded it in. Yeah. It still hurts my soul. Um, as a musician, like, I think what that's, turns me yeah. off of it is because, oh shit, I know how to play this actual instrument, and it's a lot easier than playing fucking Guitar Hero. So let me do this fucking. <laughs> I like Which is a little ironic when you think about it. That that like an actual instrument's a little bit easier I to play than like. I was in my ninth grade Green Day cover band, and we had Rock Band Green Day, and we all fucking sucked at the Rock Band one. And it was at that moment that I was just like, "This is fucking bullshit. I want out." <laughs> so out so of spite, you made a band, James. That's fantastic. Yeah. Good job. I mean, like, I used to be really heavy into rock band. I can't play any instruments. But then when, like, Guitar Hero came out, I was like, ooh, let me play this. And then rock band came out, and I, like, got way too into drums. I, I'm a, I'm a five-star expert, if anyone must know. And there is currently gameplay still uploaded on YouTube. If you look oh, up no. the right stuff, you oh, can no. still see me play Al Dead on Arrival in the dark. Oh, no. With the fog machine, oh, with no. the lights. Oh no. With my I'm looking at I'm looking that up right now. I'm oh, looking no. at right now. You you won't be able to find it. You won't I'm gonna find it. <laughs> good good luck. If you're able to find it, I'll screen share it right um, now and I'll share with it. Any, okay. Since we're on the topic of that, did anyone play DJ Hero? Because that game was my shit go in my me, freshman the, year. If I may really? please go nope, never played it. The but it looked like it was pretty lame. I I'm surprised it was good. No, what? I love Dude, I, DJ I never played it. I'm literally staring at my DJ Hero controller right now, which is I feel like I said something offensive. I just didn't look. If I may present to you the best year of my life, the Renegade Edition that came with the Eminem and Jay Z edition. That's fucking fantastic. I'm coming out of black and white. That's how much I love this thing right here. That is gold. freaking look, great. Look at that shit. That, that, that's beautiful. Cool. That's beautiful. Thank you very much, sir. It, I, I loved DJ Hero so much. <laughs> and and, it, and I don't know if anyone remembers, it actually came with like a carrying case and like a big ass stand. <laughs> like, like you can like set up like, like fucking like MCA and be like, yo, I'm so fucking cool. Holy shit, oh, yeah. Right. It was hysterical. But, virtual video games, man. Much better. And then it's like, oh guys, I w see, and I was actually imagining there'd be more of a stigma before the the music video games because like <laughs> people would be like, oh, why don't you just actually go out and do the real thing? No, there were a lot of people that were like that too, but mm -hmm. I guess they people miss it. it. It's great. Yeah. Well, we're well, we're just a good group of kids, so that's fantastic. Yeah. I'm glad. Hopefully. I'm glad to see the. Oh, I picked my friends over you. So today, um, in other news, that's not really all that music related or any music related, but it's my podcast and I love <laughs> Disney. Um, Disney World celebrated its 60th anniversary today. 60th year anniversary. Woo! Thumbs up. Hey, Thumbs up. Awesome. Yeah. So I just wanted to give like a quick like, what's your favorite Disney movie? Oh man, this You're is an icebreaker that I ask bands sometimes, believe it or not. 
I will see. There we go. All right, Matt. Here, here we go. Your first question, and then we'll revisit this later. What is Man. your favorite Disney movie? What is my favorite Disney movie? I think. Hmm. Well, you know, it's different because, like, when I was a kid, my favorite Disney movie was Tarzan. I freaking love Tarzan. And then, like, now though, I think uh, is is. Oh man, is Wally a Disney movie? That's a Disney Pixar yes. movie, yeah. right? Disney yeah, it's definitely yes. Wally. Yeah. Then, it's definitely. I haven't seen Wally. I need to watch that soon. It's what? so good, dude. It's so, so good. good. Um, very, very I'll good. go on PrimeWire. What, dude? Have you guys seen Inside Out? Wait, 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 You just what? said LimeWire? No, I said PrimeWire. Oh, I thought you said LimeWire. Like PrimeWire.ag. That's it, I'm just like, wait, whoa, what? Is LimeWire back and I missed the menu? <laughs> oh, God. Okay, sorry I scared you, no. I mean, I wait, mean, wait, J James and Craig, do you guys remember LimeWire? You little... I remember, I remember hearing about it. When okay. I was like in fifth grade, I remember hearing um, about it. That's about it. I had Frostwire. Does anyone know what that is? That's like the same thing. It was yeah, basically it was like the broke cousin. Yeah, I had Frostwire. Well, the Matt, uh, now how do you, Matt? I yeah, I had LimeWire for a while. Um, okay. I, I used to download like a ton of music. But like, you ever notice that like when you're going on LimeWire, no matter what you search, it always comes back with porn. Oh. No matter what you search, yeah. it does not matter what it is. Does not matter what it is, and almost everything had a virus in it. It almost. I feel like LimeWire was the best experience if you wanted your computer to experience what an STD was like. Yeah, <laughs> it's probably. I mean, you'll get porn, and then you'll get yeah, let's just, a virus. Let's just make our computer fucked up. That's great. Yeah. Fuck. I don't know. I'm like old as shit, so. I mean, I'm young as shit, so like my she only knowledge. Of yeah, 18, 18 is so old. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm tired. It's been a long day, but like, um, when I was younger, my dad would warn me about the dangers of downloading music on the internet, and would like cite LimeWire as an example. And little did he know, like, about the life of crime that I would lead, like, five years later. The life of crime. Yep. And Ali, are you? Ollie is having technical difficulties right now, so... He has I two Ollies. We were still talking about our favorite Disney movies, from what I understand. Mm -hmm. uh, Craig, did you go yet, or no? No, I mean, well, I was just talking about if you guys saw Inside Out yet, but that's not my favorite. Okay. I would have to say it's a tie between A Bug's Life and Toy Story 2. You can't beat those two movies. A Bug's, Bug's Life that's actually very I true. I don't like A Bug's Life. I don't know. Why? Really? I I thought it was really boring. What? Like, Go watch it again. Watch it again. I watched it you... literally two months ago in the doctor's office. <laughs> What's well, why you thought it's boring? You're bored in a doctor's office. <laughs> why were why was a bug's life on in a doctor's office? Well, it, it was like the Dude. waiting room, and I was like waiting a long time or some shit, and they just uh, had well, a bug's life well, playing. Oh well, you're like, on, like 16, so so you still go to like pediatric care. Yeah. My mom was at the eye doctor, and I was watching A Princess Bride. <laughs> I got through the entire movie. That's how long her appointment was. I got through the beginning to the end of A Princess Bride. How long I had to wait for my mom. It was like, really? Damn. An hour and a half. Um, but, um, so I guess I should go with my favorite Disney movie. Yeah, now. I was going to say, yeah, if you don't like A Bug's Life, then what do you like? Ah, uh, favorite. James. Okay. 
Um, I really want to say Finding Nemo. Nice. That's a come on. Movie. It's such a good movie. I've if seen you that don't like that movie, so you're not here, man. And I'm really excited for the sequel. That should be fun. Finding Dory is the reason people live, literally. Yeah. Just so they can see it, and after that, they can do what they need to do. But watch yeah. Finding Dory first. Yeah. yeah. Know about, about that? The Incredibles two. I'm pretty sure is, that, is it, that's is it coming out. Like like, oh yeah, it's. I'm it's, surprised it's, it didn't. It's, I thought that would have come way sooner, giving the fucking. You would have thought, movie. like with the Marvel merger, you would have thought that they would have actually put out in the Incredibles two because you're like, oh, we're <laughs> making movies right 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 now. It's Superheroes. We have the Avenger, I, Captain America. I owned the Incredibles video game from when I was younger, and it was like actually a nice sequel to the movie. Because it picked up yeah. right where the movie ended. Mm -hmm. So I like, it. yeah, I remember that. I don't know if you guys ever played that. Most people probably didn't. I haven't played it, it but I, I, I remember going on to like, yeah. <laughs> well, all, it was, it's weird. Like all the old like straight to movie. I mean, um, straight to video game. Not straight to video game. The games based off the movies were always like trash. They were just always just like here's well, a movie. Just make not a game. all of them. So, like, oh, okay. Not all of them, though. But, I mean, do you guys know of any, like, movies to get video games that weren't trash? Because I remember... No. Dude, I've I remember never. playing this yeah, short um... little video game for the PS1 when I was, like, eight years old. That was bomb. I, I wish I could have that game back. Damn. The Toy Story series were amazing. If you ever played them for PS1, there was Toy Story... That was just like fucking phenomenal, Kitty. and then Toy Story 2 was also a very awesome video Kitty. game to come out, and it, and they they were very good. Um, I'm trying to think of another video game movie that did really well. Um, Mac, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna ask the audience real quick. Do you remember any video game movies that were really good that we owned? Because I'm I know I'm missing one. Legend of Korra. That was actually really good, even though it's based off a TV show. I didn't even that know that had a good. video game. I remember I watched a few episodes, but that's about it. I never actually got into the series or anything like that. That was a pretty cool show. That was a pretty cool I show. It was pretty cool. You see, I watched Avatar, but I never watched Legend of Korra. Legend of Korra, you know what? It's a pretty series. Um, season 3 of Avatar was just fucking, just like, bah, like all this shit was happening. And Legend of Korra was good. It's a... It's a good complimentary series, but then, like, the last season that they had is so to watch for. Like, it's very weird. Nickelodeon and Cartoon Network have been doing very well with their cartoons as of lately, and it's, it's pretty tight. But not, it's not the same as 90s, though. I miss the 90s so much. Oh, I mean, we all, we all miss the 90s, because, like, goddamn, we had, like, everything. We had everything. Yep. We had great cartoons. We had black people on TV, and, like... And they weren't scary. And then, like, we had um, Boy Meets World, which just, like, you know, made up for 90% of television. Like, everything in the 90s was good. And then all of a sudden, we're just like, oh, shit, we can't animate, and we don't like niggas. And... Damn. Where did, Damn. That, where did that come from, though? Like, well, Black Sonic like, TV? <laughs> you know what? Um, if, you, if, if anyone wants to think back, we had Sister Sister. We had Smart Guy. Like, we had Family Matters. We, we had, um... Fresh Prince. Fresh Prince, like black people were just beautiful. Even the cartoons, they had some cartoons. Wasn't there that one Brandy? with the family Brandy? on Disney proud Channel? Family. Yeah, the Proud Family. Yeah, Proud Family. I remember watching family. that. And even like, even the Proud Family threw a little ghetto in there, and people were like, "This is okay. Like this is." Still <laughs> <sick."> 
<laughs> like, like it wasn't like. And no now way. we have like just straight BET. We have Empire. Empire is doing it right. Why are we talking about black shit? Um, I love um <laughs> Disney movies. Um, Disney movies company, to black people. Disney movies to, to black people. Oliver and Company is my favorite. Um, Aww. not biased, but I Aww. think that soundtrack is absolutely amazing. Um, Billy Joel did the soundtrack to that and it was pretty cool. It's based in New York. It was a play on Oliver twist, which was pretty awesome. And um The Incredibles is also another one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. So that yeah. them's I love. Um I'm- moving on. Oh, did you have something else to say, Craig? No, I was just saying wait, did, wasn't that the same guy who did it for a Tarzan as well? The no, guy who made the soundtrack? Okay. Anyone, anyone ask me any Disney tri- trivia, I'll answer right right now. I, I have this ridiculous knowledge bank <laughs> of Disney movies. That's awesome. I think I'm gonna I'm actually gonna tell the panelists to come up with Disney questions just to fire at me and I'll make a, a fool out of them. So in in music news, because um, I was just going through seeing what's coming out. Um, apparently, the Gorillas are maybe gonna come back. Cool. Huh. Okay. I I could I could dig it. Um. Well, 12-year-old me is really stoked on this. I, yeah, I feel pretty good right now. Yeah. You feeling glad? Feeling um, good. I'm just like... And also... Oh. What, like, what, what are you like, James? I yeah. was like breathing for a I... second. Chill. You yeah, were I don't know. Do you need a moment to breathe? I'll give you a breathing break every <laughs> once in a while. Just let me know. Just, just, <laughs> just holla. Just holla. It's been a long day. I get I'm it. Sorry. I get it. I only had like um, four hours of sleep last night too. So, man, I'm the only one that got like slept pretty well. Like, adequate I actually sleep. get up at six for my job. So, uh, so Matt, you got adequate sleep? Yeah, definitely. Awesome. awesome. Good. Definitely. That's up like a gotta rock. Have our, gotta have our band members well rested in this genre, right? You know. Yeah, we try. We do what we can. Can't, can't have no sleepy eyes. <laughs> unless they're real friends. Unless they're real friends. Oh jeez. No, no. Even if they're they're real friends, they shouldn't have any eyes. Just take out. Any right. eyes? So, any eyes? Gorillas. No, no eyes. So let's talk so about the gorillas. The gorillas. Are with, gorillas are coming out with new music and um, Brandon. Oh God, I can't remember his last name, but it starts with a U. Yuri. Um, pick it. Yuri, Brandon. thank you. I was gonna say Yuri, and it wasn't right. Jimmy Yuri uh, of Panic at <clears throat> the Disco said that he was gonna put out. Well, the band's gonna put out music. It's gonna sound like a fever you can't sweat out. So it seems like 2004. All of us are pretty stoked on all the music. Finally. Yeah. I'm really. Oh, that was panic. a great tackle. My cat just literally just jumped out from behind a cabinet and just killed my cat. It was pretty fantastic. I, I'm just watching this. Okay, yeah, they're done. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just had to. I had to comment there. Okay. God bless all of us. <laughs> so we have what? What other? What? James, you got like a very hesitant like oh when when we said that that the music is gonna be coming back and we're all getting stoked. What would you want to see from that era that would well have the one you get thing a little more stoked. The one thing I wanted to see already got announced. Armor for Sleep announced like a comeback kind of. That true, I'm really excited true. about. I know I'm really excited about Panic at the Disco. Um, My Chemical Romance needs to get back together. 
Uh, Fall Out Boy needs to put out some music that sounds like their old stuff already. I like Come the on. stuff, Wait, though. I, th I thought they broke up. Fall Out Boy? Um, Fall Out Boy is actually currently broken up, and then they're going to you know, work on their shit. No, no they're not. Stuff. <laughs> Oh, uh, they just, just created two new albums, dude. Where have you Holly. been? I get it. Sorry. I get it. Holly. I see what you did there. God damn it. <laughs> but James, you said you said that 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 you like their new stuff. Is that right? Yeah, I like the new album. It's catchy. I mean, it's, it's, it's not, good. It's just it's good pop music though, and like yeah. it's not it's not Fall Out Boy. I mean, it may not be Fall Out Boy, but look how how many bands in the scene try to be Fall Out Boy anyway. True. Well, how many? We, well, which bands try to be Fall Out Boy? The pop punk genre. <laughs> I thought they were trying. I thought they were trying to be like Sum Forty One, Blink One Eighty Two, New Found Glory. You know, what about that? Ooh, shots! Pop punk shots! <laughs> Damn! Pop punk Damn. sucks anyway. <laughs> Coral, watch out! Oh god! <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But like, um, oh god. <laughs> But so, so, so Matt, what would you want to come back if, if, or have a sound that sounded like their old stuff? Oh, man. <laughs> um, I'm probably going to say the format. That band was really, Ooh, really man. sick. And uh, I, I, I don't like fun, man. I'm sorry. It just doesn't do it for me. Like, I, I don't know. So, like, mm -hmm. it's just, like, all of the good parts of fun can be found in the format, but none of the good parts yeah. of the format can be found in fun, so it's sort of like, yeah. So, I would like to see that happen. <laughs> That's fair. Damn. So, mm -hmm. how long Absolutely. was format a band until uh, fun became a thing? I'm pretty sure they were banned for like forever. They were they were banned for like a long time. Um, they became fun I, and had their songs. When they made the, the transition. Um, probably 2008? 2008? Like, Damn. Damn. Probably when, they, probably when when that record contract... I would came. like to see Jack's Madikin make a comeback. That's another one that I just randomly thought Ooh. of. That's cool. I can easily yeah. see, see that. <laughs> Do you yeah, think Alessana has a chance of coming back at all? No. No. Never? No. <laughs> even with their new album? Even with their new album? My friend saw them play in New York City a few months ago, and there was like only 50 people there. This was like on their album release tour. Bummer. Shoot. Dang. Guess not many people remember that they like them at a point. Um, I remember. I remember. Well, see, it's 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 weird when when you have bands that like you know like Panic at the Disco. <laughs> I really kind of strayed away from for a long time, especially when Pretty Odd came out. <clears throat> I was just so confused. I'm like, who who what? Like it was, it was just so. And like, I can understand artists wanting to stretch their artistic wings and wanting to progress on to sell something new. But like, if we take a band like Weezer and we were compare Pinkerton to Red, yeah, or Make Believe. No, you're not allowed to have an opinion about about this. Red was a pretty good album. Red was solid, but like, it was still not a Pinkerton, which is my emo calling card. Something along yeah. the lines of that, but. So, I think it's going gonna, gonna to be cool. The only real beef that I have with um, Fall Out Boy was also that um, Pan and X Days. Did anyone listen to that? They're, they're, I mean, it's just like all two-minute demos of stuff. And it was actually really good. I wish all those demos could be songs, you know, instead of demos. <laughs> or did I not get the album? 
Um, like, I heard iTunes previews of it, and it sounded like a good punk album from the 70s. I feel like Ham X Days was just some... I remember reading the description, and they were like, oh yeah, we just did this on a whim. We don't really, like, connect with it. We never want to play it live. It was just, like, something they did on a whim. Like, I can respect that. True. Yeah. yeah. True. I, I mean, but yeah. also, how does it motivate people to listen to it? Uh, they have their diehards. True. That's also very true as well, yeah. Because that was at the peak of when, because they were just, like, right where they were rising their heads, like, above the fence. They were just like, hey, guys, can we come back? And like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This was, like, a few months after uh, Save Rock and Roll dropped, and they were, like, touring with Paramore and shit, so. Mm, that was a pretty solid tour, too. There you go. Now, Matt, did you did you take a listen to um, Pax Am Days? Uh, I didn't. Although I can comment on uh, on just like generally respecting bands for doing something on a whim. I don't know if respect is necessarily the right word, but like you can humor it. You know what I mean? Like bands do shit like that all yeah. the time, dude. Like you create so much music productively that like at a certain point you have to acknowledge that, like, 78% of what you're doing is just absolute bullshit and just be like, hey, someone listen to my bullshit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and I can I can kind of get behind that. I can humor that a little bit. So I'm going to I'm gonna dig into that. All right. That, okay. I, I can understand that, and I actually get behind that. Because yeah. you're, you're still making content at the end of the day. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's really, like, I mean, that's kind of your job at that point. You know what I mean? It's just to create even when it sucks. And it's just, like, sometimes I think it's kind of funny to, like, throw people the bone of giving them what you made that sucks. Mm-hmm. You know, that's kind of cool. And, and, and what's actually more funny is that when you see bands just totally shun, like, let's say, the Wonder Years. It's like, hey, guys, let's play Get Stoked on it. And they're just like, nah, fuck all y'all. <laughs> and they're just yeah. like, but, but, but you made it, so you have to play it. And they're, they're like, yeah, watch us. Yeah. Yeah. So the irony in that is it's very interesting. Yeah, Because I would love, sure. oh my god, like, I, I am definitely one of those kids that are just, like, the one years please always play. I've heard play. rumors, but I'm pretty sure they're bullshit, so. <laughs> rumors about what? A ten-year. Yeah, well, drop a... That would be awesome, though. But, like... James, that already happened. Ollie, don't play with my heart. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, dang, no, man. Did... James, that already happened. The ten year tour for the Wonder Years weekend. They they played Ali. They played they they played the sides on one night. They played Ali. James, Stop this was while me and Autumn were Ali. dating. How how did you miss this? Stop it. Stop it. Ali. Ali. Oh James, baby, here we need to I hate you so much, Ali. I I, I grabbed so... Mike and this is this is not bullshit. This is action confirmed on film that I caught Mike for gonna get fruit punched home. Holy shit. Dude, that's awesome. I wish Which I could like the see that. Most thing I could ever have. Oh, you will. It will be on the DVD. Like, that's, that's not even like a lie. Holy crap, that's awesome. Wait. James, we're going to have a conversation. Um, I want to segue into something. However, I thought that this was going to take more time. But nice. I'm out of subjects. So we're going we're gonna to improv this. Um... Subjects come to mind. Should we talk about a Will Away and their cool music? Or do you I absolutely, talk about absolutely more? Could. 
Yeah, we could. I mean, right. we're, we're pretty early for an interview, but we can absolutely jump into an interview because I love just picking bands' minds about everything. Cool. Unless anyone else has anything that's just pressing on their mind and they want to... Does anyone want to go on, go on a rant? Armor Anything for pressing in the, w, in the DPVG? Is I'm no. just seeing what's trending. I don't know, nothing. Like, this was like a slow week. The only like main notable thing in my eyes that happened this week was Armor for Sleep. I was going to say, yeah. 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 Which I missed um, that, that boat on. Yeah, it's mainly just Shame. warp tour posts and stuff. Um, Sorry. Yeah. I saw someone surprised that, that Riff Rab was a dick. He was nice to me. That's what I'm. I hope he's nice to me. I'm going to work this Thursday. <laughs> he was I'm high so as hell, but he was nice. I'm so pumped. I can't he wait to go. He stroked my hand. <laughs> he stroked your hand. You got the Whoa! Oh my god! He got the neon icons hand. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god. That's fantastic, dude. This is a brand new iPhone. Like... I never had an iPhone in my life, right? First year where I can actually do selfies with band nice. members. I'm I'm pumped. Just First time selfies are a thing. Do it. If you see, crowd surf and do it, I'll I'll find you and I'll break your phone. Okay, but I can't really crowd surf that? anyway. I'm kind of like James, where like James, do you really crowd surf that much? I've only crowd surfed twice in my life, and they were both last week. <laughs> Dude, that's awesome. Sick. Greg, what, were people... what were you insinuating there? Well, I mean, I was insane. Damn. Okay. Harsh. Yeah, what is it? <laughs> I get it. Kind of get it. Not yeah. being a crowd surfer. We, you know, we're, we're not small shit. people, you know. I get it. I see how it is. Wow. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just saying, like, dude, yeah, I crowd surfed twice in my life. I'm glad I break your stigma. I'm crowd surfing. Okay. But I crowd surfed twice in my life, right? First time was at a Mayday Parade show. I don't know how I did this. But I went so fucking far, all the way across the venue. All these girls were lifting my ass up. I made it. And then Chiodos, I do that at Chiodos, and everyone's complaining. I'm like, fuck you guys. Mayday Parade people were better than you. Chiodos couldn't lift my ass up. They almost dropped me. So it's like, I don't get it. That's why I don't crowd surf anymore. Damn. I, 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 my, my surf's not any better. My first crowd surf was to um, the Taste of Ink. Dude, that's sick. I yeah. might actually crowd surf for August Burns Red, though. I'm thinking about it. Because I'm pretty sure there'll actually be some pretty strong people in August Burns Red. So I can actually crowd Don't surf even and think make about it safely. It. Just, just do it. Just just hoist up on someone's shoulders. Just start walking. Just start head walking on kids. <laughs> that'd be that'd be a great post for the DPVG. There you go. Do you, do you partake in these punk fuckeries by crowd surfing and jumping on people and throwing elbows? Punk fuckery. Um, I enjoy a good crowd surf. Uh, not much of a stage diver. Used to mosh a little bit, but then actually this happened at a Chiodos show. Um, I was see. I, I saw some dude. He's probably like 160 pounds crowd surfing. Uh, right after, directly after a stage dive, and uh, and the dude gets dropped on his head, and he stands up, and there's like a chunk of his fucking head missing, and blood squirting out, and like, holy, I got, yeah, 
walking to the ambulance and shit, and yeah, no, he, I don't. He, he walked himself over to the ambulance, like yeah, yeah, he oh was okay. Jeez, again, you know, crowd surfing. I, I, that's why I'm only trying for August Burns Red because I feel like I'll be, I'll be okay, you know. No, I mean, yeah, we're we're two for two on examples of don't crowd surf at a Chiyoto show. <laughs> or don't crowd surf at a Chiyoto show. I mean, I still was... made it. I made it, so I'm like, fuck yeah. you all, I made it, so stop I mean, playing. I'm, pre I'm pretty sure that guy made it, too, I, I hope. I mean, yeah. he, he, he made it, but he also walked his way over to an ambulance. Yeah. How do you explain that? Like, like, like you, you just walk over to the EMTs, they're probably just, like, with their earbuds, like, like the, the earplugs in, they're probably, like, reading on their Kindle, and you're just like, I'm missing my head. Like, <laughs> yeah, part of my head fell off. Uh, can we go to the hospital now? <laughs> Get the stitch up. blue. <laughs> have any clue? There you go. Yeah. <laughs> punk rock man. I remember when I went to go see, um, and this is actually why they banned. They had to put up a barricade over at Union Transfer. Union Transfer is a perfect venue. It was a nice large stage, and you could just there was no barrier, and it was absolute sex. However, there were kids that went over for a title fight when they just put out Floral Green. Oh. And Balancing Composure, when they put out their new album. Oh! But everyone... I remember this tour. Yeah. And, and it was so beautiful. <laughs> and it was such a weird group of kids. There were, like, girls with little black dresses and heels that were, like, every five seconds. And I'm like, you're at Title Fight. And I'm pretty sure it was um, <laughs> Balancing Composure and then Title Fight. And Balancing Composure went on. And I think Cruel Hands was on that tour, too. They might have been, but I didn't know them. Yeah, Cruel Hand is kind of that. violent. I remember, I remember that at Spring yeah. Fling. I got hit in the face like a few times, and I was just standing at the stage, just standing there. Got hit in the face like three times. I'm like, okay. Yeah, okay. They, like like bands like that, like they're they're hardcore. They can get a little rough, but for this particular, like everyone remembers Separation. That Separation was a very heavy album, but then the new album came out, and I don't know what the brand um what the album's called, but it got very, for a very genetic term, mellow. It got very, like, dream-esque. And everyone wanted to crowd surf and stage dive during Bounce and Composure. All the title fight fans and the Bounce and Composure fans that just got into the new, new album were like, nah, we're not going to catch anybody. So literally, the entire time for Bounce and Composure, kids were just being dropped. Like, like they got on stage, ran up cement, and like it was, it was insane, and like no one was learning this, and I was like, well, this isn't gonna be good. So now we have all the kids that wanted to listen to the title fight and not want to get down. All the kids started title title fight. All the kids started running up, jumping off. It was a beautiful time, until this one kid got on, went to jump. Nobody wanted to catch him. They all pretty much just like we've had enough of this, and no one caught him. And he hit the floor and had a seizure. Damn. And then Ouch. they can't they, they canceled the not canceled the show. They had to stop the show for a little bit. I remember they had to like push kids out of the way to like like you know make sure no one's gonna fall on them. And then, um, that then they were like no more no more crowd no more um no stage barricade diving. shows so no more stage diving and it was pretty pretty raw. But I was like, fuck all that, because apparently when they were getting, like, all the ambulance and stuff out, I walked out for a cigarette, and I walked back in, like, just as they started playing, um, I forget what it was. It might have been, um, Head in the Ceiling, um, uh, Head in the Ceiling, yeah, and 
like it just like kicks in like bah, and like I go in stage dive and apparently I missed this right before they start a song they're like hey guys let's just not stage dive anymore so what's the one thing that the first person that jumps on stage six foot black kid just like throws themselves into the crowd right after the band said hey guys let's not do this anymore <laughs> my, 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 my friend my friend Nick was like Ollie what, what were you doing I was like having a good time what, what about you he was like nice. they said stop they're like oh what? I'm a dick like, I well kind of because like I was like Moses for all the pop punk kids because everyone went back to stage diving after that anyway so oh, okay I, I brought him back to the prom, promised land. So, cool. Anyway, so that's so that's the reason why Union Transfer no longer has stage diving over at their shows. Be depressing. So, Matt. Yeah. You're standing there looking pretty. Let's start asking you some questions. Cool. Yeah, this is gonna be our interview part of the show. We are going to ask you questions. I see a. Uh, line here. It's gonna go Craig, James, and then myself. But for oh, our first question. Uh, yes, you will be first question, babe. But okay, we're gonna we're gonna first ask Matt um his position in the band. We're gonna ask um that you also give like a brief description of the band as well. Okay. And then after Matt's done with that, we'll kick off with um <clears throat> Craig's first question. Cool. Um. Well, I'm Matt. I play guitar and sing in a band called The Will Way. Uh, we're from Connecticut, and uh, I guess the best synopsis of the band, um, we're kind of just like a alternative rock kind of crossed with um, a little bit of punk, crossed with a little bit of emo, crossed with a little bit of pop. Um, and, and we sort of just... Um, we're very, very influenced by... Um, classic rock bands by 80s pop influence as well um, and so the two of those things kind of come together uh, with a little touch of modern influence and a little touch of, of 90s alternative influence and it kind of turns into what it is um, I guess that's the best way to actually put it on a paper you kind of have to hear it to, to get it but it's I think that's probably the best the best description okay so cool. like a little bit of this a little bit of that yeah yeah it's a little bit of everything Awesome. Now, do you think with that little bit of everything, does it make it into your original sound kind of thing? Is that what you think your original sound is? I mean, that's what we think. Uh, we don't. We don't think we sound like anybody in particular. Um, there's, you know, you can definitely pick out an influence here and there, um, but largely we just kind of play what feels good. Um, we we're all about vibe. We're all about flow. We're all about the jam, um, so that's really that's really everything to us is uh, making sure it feels good, and then we we make sure it sounds good. Well, that's good. I mean, you'd want a band to sound good, so yeah, you try. You know, you, it's it's part of it. All right, cool. Um, am I next? I think, or is it Ollie? Yeah. yeah all right, James, cool. Hi. Um, so, um, you guys recently released um your Bliss uh, EP a few months ago now. Yeah, yeah, in um, March. So, what was it recording and writing that like? Um, it's an interesting story. Um, I like, I kind of like telling the story. It's sort of funny. Um, we had uh, a full length written, and we were gonna release it independently through um this this label our buddy set up. Mayflower Collective. No, 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 Mayflower. Sorry, my microphone's falling all over me. 
Um, it's uh, Quiet Fire Media. It's run by um, the drummer and lead singer of Head North, um, okay. as well as Rachel Cooper, a photographer from down in Maryland. Uh, we had become really good friends with them through touring. Um, they knew we were looking to put out a record. We wanted to do a full length, um, and we were going to go ahead and do it in the. Uh, we were going to go and record it in the winter uh, of last year. But so like we were going on a tour um, in November. October into into the beginning of November, and then uh, I was gonna be I was gonna be gone for a month, uh, taking a vacation, and then we were gonna be coming back, recording the full length, and releasing it in the spring. Um, while I was on that trip, I found out that you know we were only gonna be able to do uh, an EP, and we scrapped absolutely everything. Um, while I was on the trip, I got on the phone with Gary Chaffee, who produced the record. Um, and I had to convince him to help us record a record that we hadn't written yet um, in, in like four and a half weeks. Um, thankfully, we had some demos and some STEM ideas that we could send to him. He liked what he was hearing. He decided to get behind the project and kind of just took this leap of faith on us that we were going to write something that was like worth his time. Um, and so we got home, and we had three weeks to write the record, and then we were in the studio. And we wrote Bliss in three weeks, and we went into the studio, and then we recorded it with Gary. And that's what you got. That's nuts. That's Is fantastic, it? but that's nuts. It was great. Yeah, it's cool. Story, but there had to be a lot of pressure. pressure. No, um, you know, and that's that's the weird part. Um, there should have been a lot of pressure. There should have been, um, I think we should have been a lot more stressed out than we were, but it was so... I don't know. They just kind of materialized in front of us. To be perfectly honest with you, like we it just was just like completely organic. Yeah, it, it just happened. We we would go. We would show up to practice. We practice in this factory late at night, so we can practice. You know, all hours of the night doesn't matter what's going on. Nobody bothers us. So you know, we we go up there and we'll be there from like 10 p.m. until three in the morning or four in the morning. Some nights just jamming and trying to come up with ideas and not not even you know what I, I guess I guess the better way to say it is we're not trying to come up with ideas as much as we're um, feeling out these structures. And so like the way we like to write the songs, um, we we talk about like building a room for the song to live inside of. And so you go and you create an atmosphere. You pick the key you want to play it in. You pick the effects that you want to play it with. You pick the you pick the guitar that you're going to play it on. You pick the amp settings. You figure out what your ambiance is and what your atmosphere is. And you you toy with that in six or seven different ways. And everybody tries different parts inside that room, and eventually it sort of comes together. And so I think we had gotten pretty good at that style of writing just trying to make a full length that like when we actually decided we were going to scrap everything it was really easy for us to just sit down with some some you know solid yeah. ideas and build rooms out of them and then build songs out of them that's such a cool analogy that like it makes sense but i've never heard it put in that way yeah that's awesome man Thanks. Yeah, it's it's uh, I I don't know. I think it's a kind of just a less complicated way to think about the writing process because it can get it can get stressful. Um, but you kind of just you know you figure out what you want to say, you figure out how you want to say it, and that's sort of the just. And now it sounds as if like <laughs> that was sounded bad. I was gonna say, oh, it sounds like you know what you're, you're talking about. But like, how um, how long have you like been musically involved? 
with musically involved. Um, uh, we've all been like doing music for a really long time, uh, for the the better parts of our lives. Um, when I was, I want to say like, when I was a kid, I loved singing and stuff, which is fine. That's that's you know. I think I think everybody's got one of those little stories when they when they work in the music industry. You know, you're a kid and you love music, and eventually somebody hands you a guitar and you start playing. Um, uh, but I think it was I want to say I started playing the saxophone when I was like uh, maybe maybe nine years old, and uh, did school band and stuff. Played a lot of jazz music. Played a lot of different styles of music, um, and while I was doing that, my band members were sort of doing similar things. Where like, they were sort of experimenting with different genres of music, and you know, we were all raised on classic rock music, and we were all sort of just fed classic vinyl as kids, and you know, uh, shown rock documentaries and the whole and the whole thing. And and so when we were when we were seniors in high school. Um, we didn't actually know each other very well. Uh, some of us knew each other, some of us didn't. We got together, we started playing music. Uh, that was four, maybe almost four and a half years ago at this point. Um, and we were just doing it to play. Um, we, we really just enjoyed the idea of playing in a band, and we had had bands previously that didn't really pan out. But like, we thought that we got along with you know this group better than most people and we played together better than better than we had played with most other people so we sort of ran with it um and we've been touring now for almost three years um just you know we started out doing just east coast regional northeast we did a little bit of midwest we did a little bit of canada over time we did the south over time now we're doing full us's and uh you know i think things have stepped up in a in a much different way um, you know, we're we're making a career out of it at this point, and it wasn't something that we thought we were gonna do. So That's it's so cool to hear. it's cool. It's That's it's awesome. it's it's pretty fun. Now, uh, what were some of the favorite bands you guys have torn with so far? Um, I mean, of the bands that we've toured with, uh, we we toured with a lot of just like honestly a lot of bands that have broken up by this point. Um, and that's that's sort of a testament to, um, you know. I don't want to say how long we've been doing it because it hasn't been that long. Just how to much the scene has changed. Yeah, to how much to how much the scene has changed in the short time that we've been around. Um, and it's really interesting because, like, you know, we play with a lot of pop punk bands. Um, we play with a lot of bands that, um, you know, they try and do the carbon copy, flash in the pan sound, and and nothing comes of it. But then all of a sudden, we start playing shows and meeting up with and unintentionally. Um, sort of, I don't want to say touring, but sort of just catching up on the road with tons of different people. And I think this is, I think this is something that, like, I don't want to say um, people don't have enough insight into, or they don't. I, I don't. I, I doubt people really care to have insight into it. But like, um, smaller bands, there's not that many smaller bands doing it um, on a on a sort of like a touring level. And so we all sort of get to know each other, whether we are touring together or not. Um, we run into each other all the time. You know, we play frequently with uh, with Water Me Down from from down in Maryland. 
um, Johnny Mays. He's an unbelievably talented acoustic artist um, who also does, you know, these crazy full band songs, and, and he's just one of the most talented people ever. We've never done a full tour with him, but, you know, we, we met him in Buffalo. We caught up with him in Maryland. We crashed with him in Virginia. Um, we've hung out with him in Columbus. Uh, where else did we, did we recently see him? He was in... Uh, I think, yeah, no, I think, I, think, I think he was back in Baltimore the last time that we saw him. And it's just one of those... We connect with a lot of different artists, and it's really interesting um, to sort of see how, like, I think we all connect on a level um, that's much closer than when you're just touring with a band as well. Because, again, you know, people offer you places to crash. You offer them places to crash when they're coming through. You help each other find shows. You help each other find shelter. You help each other find food and, and where to get your best bargains. And it's just you, you keep each other kind of safe and sane on the road. Um, so it's a really cool thing. I mean, as far as our favorite bands that we've ever toured with, um, I, would, I, can, I can genuinely say that the tour that we just finished is probably one of our favorites. Um, Head North, they're unbelievable people. They're really, really good friends of ours. Um, and White Years turned out to be really, really, really very nice people as well. Uh, we didn't know what to expect going in. We had never met them. Um, turned out to be really great guys. We had a, a very cool time. It was, it was, it was cool, man. It was, it was enjoyable. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Light Years are wonderful guys. They're from the Cleveland area. They're one of our Cleveland bands, so... Yeah, yeah, they're great. They're great dudes. All right, so um, now that you guys, um, now that you guys have basically been around for a while, how would you say that your uh, sound has progressed over like your past releases and everything? Yeah, uh, it's, it's progressed kind of massively. Um, we, this happens to all bands when they when they sort of pass from. Um, casual regional touring to sort of um, longer and and more difficult touring. Um, when you're going to be on the road for you know um, 28 to 35 yeah. days in, at, at a clip, um, it's a lot more difficult to hold down a job. It's a lot more difficult to hold down a social life, and a lot of times you you figure out very quickly which of your band members are not really cut out for what you're doing. Yeah. Um, and so, at two instances over the course of three years, we lost two members, both of which we're still very, very close friends with. They're, you know, they're still some of our best friends. They're constantly yeah. supportive and all around, and it, and it's awesome. You know, like I couldn't be happier with the way that that's actually worked out okay. because you never, you never know what's going to happen there. Exactly. But um, you know, we. We lost two members, one of uh, none of which was our bassist, and one of which, uh, about a year and a half ago, was our lead guitarist, uh, who was also the co-founder of the band. Um, so our sound took a very, very massive spin, um, and I started playing the guitar. Prior to that, I was just uh, I was just singing. Um, so about a year and a half ago, I started playing the guitar in the band, um, and that's when the sound, uh, Colin and I, our, our guitarist Colin, um, write differently, very differently together than, than he and, and Ryan, our old guitarist, did. Um, so it's just the bliss sound that you hear, the sound that uh, that's, that's on our most recent release and the sound that's going to be on our releases going forward is, is really the the sound that, you know, Colin and Sean and Johnny and I write together um, instrumentally, okay. and that's why it's really kind of fundamentally different. Awesome. Now, 
within the, the you said four years, right, that, that you guys have been consistently um, together? Yeah. Those four years, how is it to, to see yourselves progress from, you know, doing weekend stints to now doing like a full US, from, from fine-tuning an, an old style to finding a, a steady tone that works for, for, for you guys? Um, it's interesting. It's, uh, like I said, I, I can't honestly say I think we ever expected that things were going to get to that point. Um, we have always just tried to get better. We've always just tried to play music that we enjoy. Um, and I think for years and years and years we were struggling to play music that we enjoyed because we were trying to play some other version of somebody else's music. Um, or, or not necessarily that, you know, we tried to be creative, but at a certain point you, you have to kind of look at what you're doing and realize that, like, it's not as organic or as genuine as it maybe could be, and then when you sort of let something be as organic and genuine as it can be, sometimes it comes out cool. Um, so we're proud of, of what we got with Bliss. Um, we're, we're really proud of, you know, how much we've done, how many places we've seen, how many people seem to give a shit about what we're doing. It's really unbelievably awesome and totally overwhelming, but uh, it's it's amazing to sort of look back and, and see that there were a lot of times when we were not going to continue playing music or we were going to just get fed up and take our ball and go home, you know what I mean? And, and yeah. if, I could, if I could, like, go and talk to past that's, me... That's and just telling me to stop being like that, you know what I mean? And just sort of like go with it and just sort of have fun with it and play music for the reasons that people play music, um, which is supposed to be for enjoyment. Like that's... I, that's I, what I've heard. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I, I, I wish that, that I could go back and tell myself that. That's that's definitely interesting. Now, not to, to, to steal two questions. Um, well, I, but I will. What was the most like... Oh shit! This is like a thing moment for you, or um, for the band. If you can ever, if you can think back to like that that moment where it's just like, shit, guys, this is real. I mean, there have been some um, fairly recently um, that I definitely can't share just yet. But I I will say that probably one of the moments that we realized that we were doing something legitimate um, that other people were, were entertained by. Um, on our first tour ever, we, we played all the way down to, I think it was Virginia, just northern Virginia, um, and we got down there and we, we played our set at this place called um, Empire, I think it is. Huge venue, like gigantic, way bigger than any place we should have been playing at the time. And uh, the sound was phenomenal. And it had this, I remember the stage was like a gigantic, almost like a wrestling ring. And it was just like really, really, really cool. And uh, and I had a ton of fun playing on that stage. And people, more people than we thought were going to be there. Um, you know, there were probably 30 people at the show in this like 700 cap venue. Oh um, way more people than we expected to be there. But then, you know... Fifteen or twenty kids came up and they bought they bought CDs and merchandise and they asked us to sign them and they asked our merch guy to sign their T-shirts like you know what I mean it's like and 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 we 
I think we were just like, wow, we just entertained somebody. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. we, we were really excited about the fact that, like, we were pretty far from home, and nobody knew our music, but they were entertained by what we were doing, even though they weren't there to see us. And that was yeah. something that I think stuck with us. Because um, that's like when you're a small band, that's a huge part of what you're doing is, like, you know, we go out and we play sometimes for nobody. And you hope that the people who aren't there to see you will be entertained by you. Yeah. You know, and that's really all you can hope for is that you just make somebody smile or you you know, you make somebody's day somewhat better or you make the show that they got dragged to by the local act who they work with. Um, you know, you hope that they that you make their day better. And that's like a huge part of being a, a smaller band is just sort of like finding the awesomeness in entertaining somebody, I think. Yeah. That's such an awesome answer. I love every second of it. <laughs> yeah. And dude, that sounds like a great thing to go to. I've heard good things about the Empire Club. Yeah, it's it really cool. down. It did. It did. I forgot. Oh, it yeah. oh. <coughs> oh man, it was cool. It was cool. They were like the first decent sized venue that ever treated us like human beings. It was awesome. <laughs> oh, well, there's there's some uh, questions there. What kind of what kind of uh, venues or promoters did you go in? Did you run into treated you badly? Oh man, I mean, we've we've been around the ringer. We uh again, we've been doing the DIY punk rock thing for like years. Uh we've played in every scuzzy venue that we could find. Played in every basement we could find. We we avoided professional promoters for the longest time purely because we want, you know, we've noticed with DIY shows um when you get a hundred kids in a house, you have a hundred kids who really want to be there playing music or they really want to be there getting fucked up. And so, like, and if they happen to hear music, they might be more inclined to listen to it. And so, like, you've got those two different settings, but most house shows in most good scenes are 100 kids who just really want to be there. Most venue shows at a low level of touring are, again, you as the out-of-state headliner, um, you know, playing... 8 hours or 15 hours or 22 hours away from your house with four openers, um, the majority of which, you know, are going to be bringing out either, uh, because a lot of times they have ticket sale minimums, um, you know, you've got, yeah. you've got ticket sales minimums, and this is this doesn't go for everywhere, um, but there are places specifically, and this does happen in Connecticut where we're from, um, so it was something that we sort of like avoided as the staple, but if you've got a ticket sale minimum, uh, as a venue, and you know you're you're getting four locals on the show. You've got a bunch of kids who are going to sell. They guarantee you 15 tickets, right? But they can only actually sell six of them, so they buy the rest yeah. themselves. Or yeah. they guarantee you 15 tickets, and they don't want to disappoint you or have you get mad at them and take them off the bill. And they're really young kids, so what they do is they get their parents and their grandparents and their aunts and uncles to buy tickets, and then they come out to the show. They yeah. see the kids play, and then they leave. You know, um, I've been there. So we've experienced every kind of show, um, but it's cool because even at those types of shows, you get the six or seven kids who stick around and are there just because they like music, you know what I mean? Um, and so we sort of methodically avoided those types of venues uh, over the course of time and sort of instead of uh, going in and working with promoters directly and asking them to find people who we could exploit for ticket sales, um, we sort of just talked to people, um, talked to friends of ours, 
and knew of decent DIY spaces, talked to, you know, promoter friends who might know someplace that we could play, um, even if it was for a very small sum of money or a, a substantially smaller sum of money, just to have a better show and just to have more people to potentially impress, because, you know, if you take a hit and you go and you're five dudes or four dudes who go and play a show for 40 or 50 bucks, and you play to 100 people, 10 of them might buy your merch, you know, but if there's only 10 people at the show... You know, that's not, it's, your odds aren't great. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. We've dealt with everything, man. We've dealt with bad promoters. We've dealt with amazing promoters. Some, like, some of our favorite people in the country are some of the just coolest, like, small little club promoters. Um, you know, it takes, it takes an awesome person to be a good promoter, and sometimes it takes a terrible person to be a good promoter. It's, I don't think there's really a formula to it. Alright, so, um, you were talking a bit about the music industry with, like, you guys being DIY and all. If there is one thing you could change about the music industry right now, what would that be? Oh, man, I don't know. I don't know enough about the music industry <laughs> to tell you what to change about it, if we're being perfectly honest. Uh, maybe if I had to pick one thing, um... I've noticed that, I don't know, this is a difficult problem. I don't know if it's something I would change. I'm not necessarily saying it's inherently negative, but I've noticed that there is a certain level of oversaturation in the market um, in terms of small bands rushing to do really cool things. And I think a lot of that has to do with the way that um, the internet sort of gives birth to bands, um, makes it so that there's, you know, any, any four group of kids who want to pick up a set of instruments and start playing, that's what they should do. Like, everyone should pick up instruments and start playing and suck for a really, really long time. I think what causes problems sometimes are when kids who would otherwise be really talented if they had, you know, stuck it out and played in their hometown venues and gotten better and worked really, really hard to sort of just get better and play in their home venues and become a super tight band, instead of doing that, they sort of just decide to go tour because there are some promoters who will, you know, answer an email and put you on a show and just let you lose money and just sort of let you play for nothing and... You, you know, there are kids who, who would otherwise be doing crazy, awesome, amazing things with music who might get discouraged by the seemingly easy barrier for entry. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, absolutely. So I would think that that's, um, that would be the one thing I would change. It's just sort of, I, I think, a little bit more general transparency from smaller bands about what it's like to be a smaller band. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, because that's the part that's the part that's really difficult to get through, and it's the part that we're still getting through. And uh, you know, there's you, you question yourself every day when you're when you're playing music because it takes a huge time you know, time investment. It takes a huge chunk of your life to do something yeah. that you're really really committed to and trying to make a career out of. And that goes for absolutely anything you're trying to make a career out of. It's just wild that like there seems to not be this huge level of transparency from smaller bands that like, hey, this is really tough. You know what I mean? Enjoy the time that you're playing in your local scene. Yeah, Don't yeah. take it for granted. Like, have a great time doing this while it's awesome. Because it gets really... When you're young, because, ex exactly, it just it ends up getting really real at some point in time. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. But, Corey, you're expected that you have to keep making good music and you can't stop. You know? Right. 
Right, and 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 the inherent problem, I think, the biggest hurdle is making good music in the first place. And I will say, you know, as a as a person in a band who started out making really shitty music, like it's it's wild how hard it is to see when you're a young kid trying to play music. Um, it's really crazy to to sort of look at what you're you're doing and go, yeah, this is really not good enough for me to be playing to a hundred people. This is not really good enough for me to be playing to 150 people. It's, it's like this weird like expectation management system that you sort of build into your brain as like you mm -hmm. as you learn. You know, am I am I okay at this? Am I am I entertaining people? Is this something that I should continue? You know what I mean? And that's not even you know being too hard on yourself by any stretch of the imagination. It's just sort of um, looking at the the legitimate reactions you're getting and seeing if that you know makes sense for what you're trying to do. Yeah, for yeah, sure. It totally makes sense. I like, I like that. <laughs> so, I, you, you started to talk, talk about, like, you know, the progression that which kids should be able to do. How was your guys' progressions? Like, when did you end up saying, like, shit, we should take that leap and, and, and go on tour for a full U.S.? We should now go out of state. We should now start to... The small... How did you guys build? Um, it was interesting. Uh, the Connecticut music scene, um, we were a part of it for the first six or seven months that we were a band. Um, it was very power poppy, um, a lot of hair pop bands, and, um, you know, now it's, now it's primarily metalcore and metal. Um, I was gonna ask, is, is, is glam rock still a thing? This, I don't know, it's not, it's <laughs> not really glam rock, really. Um, you know, it's it's interesting. Um, you know, there are some really really cool bands doing it in the Connecticut music scene, but there's not a very cohesive scene, and there's not really any sort of a DIY scene. So small 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 bands who are trying to get their start have a very difficult time doing so. Um, basically, because there's no mentors to really tell them what to do, and there's there's no logical path that they should be taking. So um, there's, there's like only three Connecticut bands that I even knew of. I knew there's you guys, Hostage Common, some band called Currents. I didn't even know there was... Like yeah, a Currents band. is a hardcore band. And then you've got Sorority Noise, which oh, is also from Fuck Connecticut. Um, and it's just sort of like, but none of us really live anywhere near each other. Um, we're not part of the same scene. Um, you know, we didn't really come up listening to Hostage Calm or anything. It's not one of those New Jersey music scene things where, like, kids just fall in love with the local yeah. band. You know, it's a really interesting... Um, and Buffalo is kind of like that too, where like kids will fall in love with the local bands, and you'll be able to consistently draw two or three hundred kids to a certain location to see you guys play. It's not really how Connecticut is very often. Um, it can be. Um, we've thrown some DIY shows that have you know done three hundred or so heads um, in parking lots, and it's been pretty cool uh, here in Naugatuck. But like, um, you know, it's not so much like that. So when we we decided that we wanted to keep playing music for more people we just realized that we couldn't keep playing at the venue down the street. Um, we had no choice. We had to leave the state. There were no other venues for us to play in for bands of our caliber. Um, we started booking in houses in Massachusetts and New Jersey and, and New York, and we just started uh, meeting people and playing shows with people. And for the longest time, we couldn't get booked fucking anywhere. We were sending, you know... 30 emails a day, 100 emails a day just to try and get people to pay attention. Um, and at some point, you know, we got we got rid of this EP that we were using. Um, we got a, we wrote a full length as the band that we were um, with our old guitarist. Um, put that out. 
we just sort of left the state because we were able to sort of attach this thing to our emails, and it was identifiably better than what we had put out before. So, like, you know, when people were hearing our name for the second time around, you don't realize it, but that first time around, even though it was a total waste of your time, was was kind of valuable because it just puts your name in somebody's head, and then when they hear it the second time around, they're like, oh, these kids have improved a little bit, you know what I mean? So they're like, yeah, all right, cool, Like we'll let you guys play here. It sounds kind of interesting, you know? Um, or like, yeah, like we, we, we made a friend of a friend when we were playing at a house somewhere in New Jersey or playing at a house somewhere in Massachusetts, and he knows a guy who's a promoter and might, you know, help us out sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so you just started doing that, and eventually you just meet people, and then eventually people just kind of remember you, and then it's not so much to ask when you need a show, or it's yeah. not, you know, we hooked up with the Mayflower Collective, and that's like what that's all about, is just helping smaller bands network, and helping smaller bands figure out what the fuck you're doing, because nobody knows what the fuck they're doing, that's, like, that's, that's the truth, you know what I mean, you've got a bunch of people who have no clue what they're doing, you kind of like put them together, and, and eventually... You know, it takes six people to figure out how to screw in a light bulb, you know? Yeah. Or like six groups of people to figure out how to screw in a light bulb. And that's the that's the interesting part of it. And then you just kind of keep trying to help each other with your connections as you go. You know, you form friendships. You you figure out yeah. how to sort of, you know, help out that's the exactly bands that you believe in. Be. Yeah. And, and, I, and I love Mayflower Reflective. There's just like so many cool bands on that. Like, yeah, that's uh, wild. North Runner are some of my dudes. Head North, obviously. Um, Crosstown Train on your marks. They're just. It's really cool to see so many cool bands help out each other, and mm -hmm. try to like do shit. I don't know. I love those dudes. Yeah, they're 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 great, man. They're they're my fucking family, truly. That's I mean that's that's how we kind of see it, man. It's just yeah. a gigantic family. We've been we've been doing it together for a long time, so it's. It's cool stuff. For sure. Alright, um, Greg, I think, is up. Greg, yeah, yeah, Greg. Oh, <laughs> my question, oh boy. How do I, how do I come up from that? How do I get, get off from that? Wow, that, you've been giving some great answers to all these questions. Thanks. Um, have you ever heard of Callaway from Connecticut? Are they a part of that scene? I'm not a part Callaway. of it, so I don't know. Callaway. I don't know. I don't know. I'm gonna be, somebody's gonna be mad at me. I don't know. I think they're easy, James. Am I am I wrong? No, they're, they're just pop like punk. straight up pop punk. Are they like a, a newer, like a younger? Yeah, they're pop newer. Punk? They're newer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, okay. We, I haven't, was just we haven't been in Connecticut much over the last few years. Yeah. Now, uh, also another thing with the pay-to-play and the ticket minimums and everything. Have you noticed that there's a trend of ticket minimum places in certain areas of the country? Because like um, I know in Cleveland, there's nothing. There's, like, practically no pay-to-play shows. Yeah, it really so. does. It depends. Uh, and I will genuinely say I think this is absolutely ridiculous and a little bit asinine, but I think it takes a scene to overthrow the promoters in the area. I think you have to stage a fucking coup because, like, these, you know, these people will just continue to sort of exploit smaller bands for profit, and it does a lot in terms of lining their pockets, and sometimes it can be beneficial to the scene because you're showing new bands, like, a good time, and they're going, and they are getting exposure, but I will say that, like, the biggest problem with it is that it they don't invest in bands. They don't see the value in investing in bands on the long term. So, sort of, they'll take your money, and they'll let you play a show, 
but they're not really interested in helping you book your independent date that you're willing, you know, you're you're hoping to put together to help out your buddies who are touring up the coast, and you know that you can get kids to the show. It doesn't really matter because they didn't put it together. You know what I mean? So like, a lot of that takes place, and so a lot of times you see some of those better, smaller tours going to DIY house venues or DIY VFWs or DIY basements, and it's like, you know, they'll just sort of throw a better show in, in somebody's basement, and it only costs you yeah. five bucks. It's not going to cost you 12. Um, mm-hmm. You show up, you know, half the time they let you, you know, drink or smoke to your heart's content in the house if that's something you want to do, which you can't do at a venue. So there is a certain amount of, like, punk rock freedom restriction that happens at normal venues on a smaller scale. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. when there's small, small venues and it's a small, small tour and, like, a security guard can do a quick sweep and see, like, all 12 of you in the room, like, you feel like you're kind of being watched. Like, you feel a little uncomfortable. You feel a little bit inhibited. You're crammed in a small house. You had a bunch of people around. They're all enjoying the music. Everybody's having a good time. And that's sort of, like, how rock music connects with people, I think. Um, so, like... I will say that like it is interesting. I think that every scene has seen it at some point. I think that every place has a has a certain you know some length of time of a history with pay to play stuff. Um, I think it takes the scene um, and the strength of the bands and the strength of the DIY side of the scene to sort of push that in a different direction. You know, mm-hmm. um, and that that can take years. That can take a yeah. really really long time. Um, and, and I could be just totally spewing shit. I don't actually know if that's true. Well, I mean, but. well, you were talking about building a queue. I think that's what Bravo Artists in Cleveland did. Because, yeah. like, Gorilla Music, have you ever heard of Gorilla Music yeah. and how shitty they are? Uh-huh. Their headquarters yeah. is in Cleveland, Ohio. So, yeah. I think what Bravo Artists did, they did that. They actually staged a queue and they took over some of the venues, like the Grog Shop and the Halls and yep. places like that, and that's how they did it. For sure. I mean, like, if Rob artists can do it for Cleveland and take out pay-to-play, then why can't any other scene do that, you know? I think yeah. Cleveland could be a perfect example. Absolutely. And you just, I don't know, you need enough people who are willing. You need enough people who give enough of a shit. And that's a really difficult thing to find, especially if you're in Connecticut, um, is people giving a shit about anything. Yeah. So... Yeah, it's an interesting. It's an interesting thing. I uh... and and it's odd for, for people like like to realize that it really ends up becoming official to have like like you know a more community based thing. It's like you have either so, like like you know someone that's out for for their own pockets or someone that's out for their community. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's I mean it's dude it's a total yeah, communist thing. Good. Yeah, we're all communists. It's all right. Yeah. All right. So. <laughs> James, this will be the, the last one for going to the Showcase. Alright, so, so make a I guess to end this on a lighter note, yeah. do you have like, any uh, crazy tour stories or memorable moments from a show or on the road or anything? Um. Okay, well, like one of my most memorable crazy tour stories, uh, we were one time driving up from, we were doing an all-nighter from uh, North Carolina back up to Connecticut. We had just wrapped up a tour, and uh, I think... No, I lied to you on the setting of this. This was in Georgia. This was in Georgia. We were we were still coming up from, from Florida. And uh, we were in Georgia. We were at a gas station. And uh, it's in the middle of nowhere. So, like, we we 
found out we were going to run out of gas. Um, because, you know, it's dark and it's late and we're tired and we're stupid because it's like only the second tour we've ever done and we don't check the fucking yeah. gas gauge enough. And, uh, you know, we're driving down the highway in the middle of a bunch of fucking cornfields in Georgia and uh, we realize the gas is running out. We get off the highway, we drive through a bunch of cornfields and uh, and we, we, like, see on the corner this, like, horror movie house like this horror movie shack oh, no. and house with like the swing in the front fucking creaking and, and like oh, it was no. so creepy tractor like a broken down tractor in the front yard and so Damn. like we so that was terrifying and we're like freaking out because we're almost out of gas and there's no lights and we're in like <laughs> all you can see is like this creepy house in the moonlight but like we we keep on Keeping Jesus on down the road, Christ. and we find this creepy-ass gas station. No. Um, and the gas pumps are, like, all, like, crappy and, like, rusty and totally not functioning. Like, um, you know, maybe one or two of them had a light on, but it was too late at this point to, like, get any gas. And, uh, but we see next to one of the gas pumps this, this mid-sized sedan. It's, like, maybe, like, a silver Honda, like a 90s Honda. It's just, like, sitting there, and it's filled with cats, the whole thing is filled with cats. Like it's filled. There's cats on the hood. There's cats on the roof. There's cats on the back. There's cats in the windows. There's cats like there's, there's just a, a ton. Uh, wait, hold on. The story's not over because okay. So there's cats and like they're in this like garbagey, trashy silver Honda, and we look behind the the gas station, the actual like station itself, and. Uh, and there's this dude, this naked dude, shitting in a bucket behind oh the gas god. station. Oh my god. And that was, I, we oh. just, we booked it, we managed to find gas slightly further down the road, <laughs> thankfully we managed to. It was, the, to this day, it was one of the craziest and weirdest things that ever, I have ever, ever, yes. ever seen. Now you I have know no idea what was happening. Bizarre. Now you know this, if, if this was a horror movie, they would probably go up to the dude and then it would just be like, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey no, man, totally. do, do, do you think we were totally. gas? Oh, <laughs> Yeah, dude, we were, we were, you know what, we, we, we experienced the beginning of a horror movie on this tour with Head North, we were, uh, we were crashing in an old shitty Motel 6, um, I don't remember where this, it might have been in Kansas, um, might have been in Kansas, and, dude, we're in, uh, we, we check in, it's like a, so like, we're sneaking ten people into a Motel 6 bedroom, like, it's a two-person Motel 6 room, we're sneaking ten people into it, we're splitting the cost with Head North, we're, you know, we're, we're sleeping in this motel, and it smells like, everything is wet, everything's damp, and it smells like shit, um, like, it literally smells like somebody's shit on the floor. Um, and so, like, we request another room, and we go, and it's, like, a, it's a conjoined motel room, you know, like, there's, like, one motel room, and then they've got the door that leads to the other one, and, like, we look in the other window, and it's, there's nothing in there, there's no furniture in there, there's no, there's nothing in there, like, there's no people, there's no beds, like, we just checked to see if, like, we were gonna be noisy and, and disturb somebody, but there was nobody in there. Um, and, and Boone started trying to get, Boone from Head North started trying to get into the, oh into the, the other room through the door. This is the beginning of a horror movie, it's not what you do. It really was. <laughs> yeah, it's you, not. We've just been going on horror tours this entire time. Yeah, so, a lot, a lot of strange stuff happens. I feel like tour is just a giant horror story. It's not like, a, I mean, it's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
it's, just, it's, it's weird. Yeah. It's not. It's not like a horror story. It's just like the. It's like the weirdest compilation of just strange things. Everybody thinks you're homeless, yeah, which is friend, fine. My friend was doing merch for a band called The Alaskan recently, and I just saw a Facebook post of him today. It's like, hey, remember that one time I was on tour, and I saw like a lady take her pants off and then steal the prosthetic leg off of another lady and try to joust her with it. Whoa! Yeah. That's the one for the record books. Yeah, no, I mean... <laughs> and apparently that wasn't the craziest thing that happened on that tour, and he's going to tell me when I get back to school. Yeah. No, I mean, you got to figure that, like, statistically speaking, crazy things happen all the time everywhere, and, like, you just have to be there for them. And so if, like, you're just in a bunch of places... Weird shit just happens sometimes. You know, like, you know, so like if you're just in a, mathematically speaking, you're you're, you're more likely to be to there for the weird stuff. You know, like like an old man shitting in a bucket. That's that's my theory anyway. I'm I'm gonna take the old man shitting in a bucket as a statistical gift. <laughs> that's a statistical gift. Put that in my memoir. But there you go. <laughs> when, when you write it. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> dude, that's well, awesome. We're we're gonna start to wrap up. Um, we're gonna actually play a song, and the song that we picked it well, not we. Um, Matt has picked Cheap Wine. Now, Matt, do you want to give an intro to the song before we showcase this magnificent song from Blitz? You want you want me to give an intro, like you want me to explain it, or do you want me to like just like intro it? Give give an explanation. Yeah, talk 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 a little shit on it. Alright, uh, Cheap Wine. Cheap Wine is a really cool song. It's it's gonna be your new favorite song. But it's, uh, primarily about, um, <laughs> it's primarily about the feelings of guilt, um, you know, just across the board. It's, uh, it's the feeling of sort of realizing that you're having a negative impact on other people by just doing what you're doing and doing what's best for you and that collateral damage is sort of a natural part of existing, um, and there's really no way to avoid it, so you just kind of have to like do your best to sort of swallow it, and that's it. That's cheap wine. I hope you enjoy it. Station and lights at you 
That's, that was awesome, man. I appreciate it. Thank you. We uh we enjoy it. I like it. It's cool. Sweet. Thank you guys so much for having me. It's no problem, man. Dude, just... it's nice meeting you. You um, too. I feel like Ollie is trying to speak. Yeah, I think he I is. Sadly, not good at lip reading. Um, use your words. I am going to do something really quick. But in the meantime, um, so while we're waiting for Ollie to uh, kind of figure out his stuff, what is next for a will away? What's next for a will away? Um, a lot of stuff. Um, keep an eye on our social media. I can't tell you everything that we have coming up, but we're going to be doing a lot more touring. We are going to be doing a lot more music. Uh, we're going to be putting out, out a new record at some point in the near future and there's just I mean it's we're not slowing down we're, we're just kind of full of steam ahead man so things are things are gonna be cool awesome I think everyone here is very excited to see what you guys have in store for oh, the future yeah. I'm excited um, too yeah. and I'll now, definitely be checking back and now we're just waiting for Ollie to uh, finish us off and give us the perfect send off huh. 
Anything crazy happening on the DPPG? <laughs> no. Any no. top stories? Nicotino doing something stupid? <clears throat> Does he know we can't hear him? Uh, we can't hear you. Yeah. All right. So Dude, this we're is gonna a fantastic end. photo with Nick of. Uh, All right. So I think we're gonna wrap it up here, and I am going to figure out how to end this. But seriously, thank you guys so much for uh, watching tonight. Um. Yeah, thank you. And no problem. Awesome. And